Ever since I was a kid, I never wanted children. There was something about being annoyed by other kids from kindergarten all the way out through high school. I just couldn't understand the immaturity, the talking back to teachers, treated other kids and being mean and bullying. But when you met their parents, their parents were either like enabling the behavior. And I grew up in a household where both of my parents weren't married. Today, I don't want marriage, but I did grow up wanting it. It then became I want marriage, but I don't want a wedding. I just want to go to the courthouse and have like a little get together afterwards, but I don't want like an actual big, big wedding. Now, today, I don't want kids and I don't want marriage. And currently, I do not want a partnership. So I'm single and I'm child free. I am celibate, voluntarily celibate. I no longer watch porn. I'm not engaged in watching it at all. I have no interest or desire to, you know, I quit alcohol. So I have pretty much revamped a lot of my ideology on how I want to live my life. And it became amazing the moment that I knew that I had full control over it. That's the beauty of falling in love with yourself again, because there's like a revelation of the idea that no one can tell you what to do with your life. People are going to try to. People do try to tell you what to do with your life, but you have the ability, you have the agency to be like, no, this is my life and this is how I want to live it. Now, people are going to shame you. They're going to tell you you shouldn't live this way. But remember, those people aren't you. So just shut that down and be like, you know what? You can agree to disagree with my lifestyle, but you can't tell me how to live my life. Sometimes people fall for the trap. A lot of people have in society. A lot of people have children because they were told that they have to have a legacy. Meanwhile, a lot of people don't have a legacy at all. They don't have anything to their name through generation, especially in the black community. Generational wealth was not really a thing. So now it's becoming uh, more prevalent where you're starting to see more people, especially black women, owning more houses, businesses, and creating families where they're able to be the provider and making sure that their finances contribute to the household, whether it's most of it or at least some. That way their children have something to be left to have when they are no longer here. I've had two abortions. I had an abortion when I was 18 and I had an abortion when I was 22. It took me a while to be very open about that because I knew that a lot of people either would criticize me or want more information as to, well, from who does a guy know that you had an abortion? Was he with you when you went? How do you feel afterwards? Do you regret it? All that. And I just didn't feel like talking about or answering it, not because it was traumatic necessarily. Actually, I felt relief both times that I had an abortion. The first time I went alone and that person that I had intercourse with, I was 18 and I was supposed to start college, I believe a week later. I knew I was like, there's no way I'm gonna have a baby at 18 right before I go to college. And also I'm not trying to be a single mother because I was not in a relationship with the person that I had intercourse with. They were a good friend of mine. And no, he does not know. I just want to say that when I did first go in, I want to talk about my experience having both abortions. So the first time I had my abortion, I was 18. I remember it was cold. It was a cold morning. It was the winter time because it was an early appointment and it was still dark outside. 
So it had to have been like 5 a.m. So I drove by 1987 Nissan Maxima and I didn't tell anyone that I was having this abortion, nobody. I made my appointment and everything. I came and I remember I went to, I believe it was in North Attleboro. It wasn't Planned Parenthood. I believe it was like a, a private clinic. I parked and there were people outside the front with their little signs and stuff. Please don't have an abortion. Protect the babies and harassing young girls and women going in for the procedure or just going in there for a checkup or anything else. I mean, the clinic is not just for abortions. Somehow, if you're like walking to the front entrance, you have a lot of people that are pro-life thinking that you're going in there to have a termination and harassing you, which is horrible. But I ignored them. I went through and I filled some paperwork out, waited for about 30 minutes and they called my name. But before that, I was in the waiting room and I was just like looking around and trying to figure out how many of these young girls or teenagers that were there for an abortion. I finally was called in. I got up, I went in, they put me in this room. I got on this table and they did an ultrasound and they asked me, do you want to take a look at the fetus or not? And I said, no, I didn't want to see it. Not because it would change my mind, but more so I, I just didn't want to know about something that I knew I didn't want. I had my mind made up anyway, so why would I want to look um, at the the clump of cells that I'm about to abort out of my body. They said, okay, you want to do this? So they brought me into another room. I think they did blood work or something like that. Prepped me, everything, took my clothes off. I remember the room was big, like an actual surgical room that you would see at a hospital. It had a light right above the table that I was laying on. And it was so bright and it just shined right down on me. You know, like if I looked up, it was like blinding. They didn't put me under, so I was awake. They numbed my cervix with a needle. This is pretty graphic, so skip it for like the next minute, okay? Well, the procedure itself, it was pretty fast. There were about three people in the room, three or four people maybe. All I heard was a suctioning. They said, this is gonna be like a little pinch. It's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable when they gave me the needle to numb my cervix. And the sound of the suctioning was a bit weird because I seen videos of the procedure. You don't have to, I'm just saying like, for me, I just wanted to know what the procedure was like. I want to know what's being done to my body. So once the procedure was over, I felt a little bit lightheaded. They brought me into another room, which is where a lot of the patients that went through the procedure go to rest for a little bit. They gave us crackers and apple juice and they were so kind. And they were just asking us if we need anything to just rest as long as we needed to, because I was driving myself. So they wanted to make sure that I felt comfortable enough. And if I was nauseous to like let it out or whatever. So also I think that's why I didn't get sedated or put under was because I was driving. So once I was over, um, I was looking around the room and seeing these young girls around my age, probably like between the ages of 16 and 22. Yeah, it was reality. You know, once I felt fine, I was able to get up and put my clothes on and head out. And I went home and I took a rest, a really long nap. And I woke up and I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> I guess I got to get ready for school the following week and prepare myself mentally because I just realized I saved myself from a traumatic long life experience that I knew was just not going to be for me. This is not encouraging women to have an abortion or anything like that. This is my story and I just want to talk about that. So the second time 
that I had an abortion. I was in a relationship with the person. I did tell the person that I was pregnant. And when I told them we were not dating for a long period of time, they had a child themselves that I haven't even met yet. That's how new the relationship was, that I didn't even meet their child yet that they already had. I found out when I was not in the country telling him that I was pregnant and thousands of miles away was pretty hard to do because it wasn't planned. And I was on the pill, I was on birth control, I was on a pill, but I believe something happened. I either didn't take it right or I skipped a day or something like that. But I, I remember I was on the pill and I didn't really care for it. Not because it made me gain weight or anything, but it just didn't like the idea of taking a pill every single day just to prevent myself from pregnancy. He's like, we'll deal with it when you get back to the States. So I got back and we sat down and talked about it. And he said he wasn't ready for another child. I said, well, I'm indecisive because even though I never wanted kids, I for some reason felt like I'm in the position financially to care for one, even if him and I don't work out. I'm glad that I convinced myself that, you know what, I'm actually not. Remember, you do not want this. You do not want to have a child with someone that doesn't want a child with you. You do not want to prove to everybody else that you can do something that you know darn well you're going to struggle with, potentially damage the child just because you want to prove that you're capable of being a single mother just because there are single mothers out there that are doing it. So I said, you know what? I agree with you. Let's not proceed to have a family. I actually want to get to know you more. I want us to be able to bond and build something strong and develop an actual stable, healthy relationship. And I actually want to get to know your son as well. So we decided to have the abortion. And this time I actually did go to Planned Parenthood in Boston and he did come with me and this time I felt a little more nervous compared to the first time because this time around I'm an adult now I, I have some life experiences but I had so much planned I was I was about to start traveling I just couldn't do it so when I was in the waiting room I did see someone that I knew but I don't think she remembered me it was a girl that I went to high school with in Boston. I went to two high schools, but it was the first high school that I went to. It was a charter public school. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, she's here. She looked like she was worried, you know, or anxious. So I kind of assumed that she was there for an abortion, but I could be wrong. And I so badly wanted to like go up to her and be like, hey, how's it going? But that would be a little bit too awkward. Anyways, so I went into the room and it was like pretty much the same procedure as the first time that I had an abortion. This time I did look at the actual ultrasound. It was weird because I don't know, like I actually felt like not conflicted, but more so like this is the second time that I'm here. I can't let this happen again. So I have to find another alternative um, besides taking a pill to prevent pregnancy. They did go over the options of what type of birth control I wanted and what would be best for me. I didn't know what other options there were besides having the ring or getting a depo shot, taking the pill. And I was like, well, you can get the IUD and that will last you for a while for between, I think it was like five to 12 years, depending on which one you got, um, whether you got the copper or the one with the hormones in it. I got the one with the hormones in it because I didn't want my period to really be consistent and heavy. So now I'm on my second IUD 
and no problems. Some women had issues having the IUD, but again, everybody's different. So if it doesn't work for you, definitely consult with your um, primary physician um, or your OBGYN to see what works for you. That's all. If you do decide to have birth control. They said once the procedure was done, they were gonna insert the IUD and they did. This time I actually was knocked out. They um, sedated me and I don't remember anything. Like I literally just remember waking up. I don't remember like the feeling of anything. I don't even remember falling asleep out of me. So I didn't even have to go through the process of feeling it. So the IUD that I have today, I actually was awake and I actually did feel everything and I actually did feel everything. And it is not the best feeling. <laughs> I will say that it is painful for like a good minute and a half, and then it's over. I did feel them take out my first IUD, which was uncomfortable. On a scale of one to 10, it was about a four, a 4.5. It felt like a lot of pressure. Now putting the IUD in, there is a pinch. They use a device to open up your canal. It feels like a pinch, like a really sharp pinch. It felt like a few jabs. You know, one of those envelope knives that you use to open up envelopes? It felt like one of those. I don't know how, but I can only imagine it. It felt as though he was like constantly poking my guts and it was not fun. So I would do it all over again because I don't have to worry about anything in regards to pregnancy. And it's actually the most effective and the least used form of contraception. I have no problems personally with it. I'm on my second one. I think I have like one more year left on this bad boy and then I'm getting a new one, so <laughs> yeah. But in the future, I may actually make sure that I might get my tubes tied and I don't believe that I would regret it because again, I don't want children. So why constantly keep getting birth control every five years or whatever? and just call it a day. After the procedure, I was very nauseous. I vomited, it was horrible. Like my ex had to like pull over on the side of the highway for me to vomit. I was pretty sick this time. I, I didn't regret the second time around either. And again, some women do, or they may feel some type of way, even if they don't regret it. Everyone is different. And unfortunately you have people that believe their perspective of what they would do to be the only way and the right way to people that think that way that's your opinion i can't tell anyone what to believe or how to believe anything i'm pro-choice and i believe it is a woman's choice to do what she pleases with her body and i am privileged enough to live in massachusetts a liberal state where I don't have to worry about the consequences of getting pregnant and not being able to have an abortion if that was an option. Because in a lot of states right now, especially in the South, it's illegal to have an abortion. So I couldn't even imagine the two times that I did get pregnant, where I would be because I'll be forced to keep it pretty much or give it up for adoption, which I don't know if I would ever be able to do. Because again, me being in foster care and everything like that, not saying that the child will be abused being adopted or anything, but I just have certain traumas that prevents me from even the idea of wanting to, you know, give up my child for adoption. That's me personally. I think adoption is awesome. I think women that give their children up for adoption is one of the most 
selfless things you can do or you grow attached some women don't and that's another thing some women don't get attached they may carry a baby to full term and deliver the baby it doesn't mean that they're going to be automatically attached if they do decide to give it up for adoption and some women do get attached some women do get attached to their babies and you know don't want to give the baby up or they do give the baby up and change their mind and want their baby back it happens it's not easy and you're going to be shamed regardless of what choice you make because again we live in a patriarchy and whatever decision a woman makes it's going to be a bad one it's going to be the wrong one so you might as well live your life and choose what is best for you don't alter anything about yourself or your life choices or your decisions, especially when it comes to children, because I don't play about kids at all. Because of that, I now know that, you know what? The best thing that I can do is just not have any kids because it's not fair. It is not selfish to have an abortion, especially if you're doing it for a reason. There are some girls that do um, get pregnant and use abortion as a form of birth control which is really bad you can die that has to do with ignorance accessibility and all types of things as to why a young girl or an, a grown adult would have multiple uh, abortions back to back back to back i'm talking like four or five times i actually knew someone that had four abortions and i'm not shaming anyone again i felt like she just didn't really have the right resources she didn't know anything about plan b that's what i mean like information is really really important luckily i made it out of two abortions it's a pretty serious procedure i don't take it lightly i'm just not someone that should feel ashamed about something that I chose to do and I stand in it no one can tell me anything different it's my life it's my choice and it's my body I had two abortions and because of that I was able to have a life that I knew that I know for a fact I would not be able to have if I did choose to keep the two fetuses I would have definitely had a way way more difficult life than I already have because I was able to travel the world I was able to visit 38 countries and I was able to meet a lot of crazy people I was able to live my 20s I was able to enjoy life women should women should be able to enjoy their lives again some women choose to have children early because they generally want to be a mom which is great if you have the means to do so and some women choose not to I am child-free, pro-choice over here. As long as people understand, like, you know, what my platform is about moving forward, I want it to be known that I am pro-choice and I've had two abortions because, honestly, there's nothing to be ashamed about it. And I'm not saying let's normalize abortions. Let's, yeah, let's all march the girls down there to the clinic. But I also want to say that it's an option and... There's a lot of people out here that had no business having kids, and they have them. And this is the society that we have. And because femicide is high as hell right now, especially in the Black community, and uh, a Black woman is, I believe, about three, almost four times likely to die giving birth compared to a white woman. So you got that part. It's not a joke. I feel like a lot of people, I feel like society, especially men, not all, Ugh. but a lot of men. Believe that pregnancy is just something that just women go through in order to just have 
their offspring. Women dying while giving birth is real. It's not a joke, especially if you're carrying a child for someone that ain't shit. That's even worse because I can't even, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it knowing that I was going to be a single mother. Altogether, I'm telling you, a lot of women are opting out of um, getting in partnerships with men just for the sake of having kids. Times are changing. Having kids is just not on the top of the list for a lot of women today for a lot of good reasons. I mean, a lot of good reasons. And I'm one of them. For me, there's not one guy on this planet that is deserving of my womb. Absolutely not. Not one. And they'll be like, you might change your mind. Nope, not me. I love children so much that I'm not having any. <laughs> I'm not having any. That's how much I love children because I know it's not fair to bring a child into the world that's not loved or wanted. Also understand that when you're procreating, you are birthing someone that is not you. They're going to have their own identity. They're going to be who they choose to be. And you cannot live through them. So the idea of having legacy, a lot of people are in poverty. So what legacy? Majority of uh, American citizens don't even have a savings account. The average man makes about 55000 a year. Legacy, how about you be your own legacy? I know when I leave here, I'm going to leave an impact. Thank you for listening. They're sharing their experience as being a mother and being a single mother and what that looks like, what it feels like, and the outcome of it. And a lot of women are now on YouTube and TikTok. They can just talk about it all and really show why exactly a lot of women are opting out of motherhood. And it's unfortunate because even women that actually genuinely do want children, they know that their chance of becoming a mother is becoming more of a fantasy because a lot of women just simply can't find decent partners to have a child with. And a lot of people are like, I, why would I walk into a burning fire when people are running out of it, you know, and get off of people's backs that don't want children. Whenever men said, oh, I can't wait to get you pregnant. You would be a great mom. Oh my gosh, you, you're so great. You would have a great offspring. Your kids will be so spoiled. Your kids will travel the world. Why wouldn't you want kids? And I cringe. There's nothing that will make me more dry in my panties than a man telling me that I would be a great mom. First of all, you don't even know me. You just know of me. You just know that I travel and I'm very spontaneous and I'm always at shows and concerts and, you know, I'm, I'm volunteering here and there. I'm doing all this awesome stuff. But the, all that awesomeness is for me. All of that greatness that people see on social media that I do is it's all for me. It's not for me to prep a, a future offspring that I can somehow raise to be exactly like me when in reality, parents should not be having kids so that they can instill their um, hobbies and their interests within that child. Because what if I have a kid and my kid doesn't like outdoors like I do? What if my kid doesn't believe in some of the things that I believe in? Am I supposed to just like throw them away and disown them? No. So when people have children and their child turns out to be either gay or they may become trans and that parent decides to no longer have anything to do with that, their own child, 
that's when I'm like, so what, what, what does it mean for people to have kids? Because if you're having children to then turn around and tell them who to be, how to be, when to be this or that, you have no business procreating. That is not the whole point of procreation. It is not for you to raise a child to be the person you want them to be. You should be raising a, you should be raising a child to be a upstanding adult, a great person, but who they choose to love, what they choose to do with their body, all of that, it, it, it has nothing to do with you. And one thing I do know is if I was to be a parent, my child would be able to be free. I can go into more of this because that's a whole nother episode about parenting because I know for sure there are some people that believe if you're not a parent, you shouldn't have a say-so in how people should parent their children. I don't believe in that. I believe that if anything, if someone's on the outside looking in, they may spot something about your parenting that you may have never peeped or aware of. We all deserve correction. But yeah. But the danger that comes along with pregnancy is also a thing. Let me read an article really quick from Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Homicide leading cause of death for pregnant women in the U.S. October 21st, 2022, women in the U.S. who are pregnant or who have recently given birth more likely to be murdered than to die from other causes. And these homicides are linked to a deadly mix of intimate partner violence and firearms, according to researchers from Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. Homicide deaths are among pregnant women are more prevalent than deaths from hypertensive disorders, hemorrhage, or sepsis, wrote Rebecca Lawn, postdoctoral research fellow, and Karisten Conan, professor of psychiatric epidemiology, in October 19th editorial in the journal BMJ. The U.S. has a higher prevalence of intimate partner violence than comparable countries, such violence often fatal, and it frequently involves guns, Lawn and Conan noted. They cited one study that found that from 2009 to 2019, 68% of pregnancy-related homicides involved firearms. That study also found that Black women face substantially higher risk of being killed than white or Hispanic women. Because again, let me say this, if there's a firearm in the house and there's domestic violence going on, more times than not, the woman will be shot and killed. But also, femicide. Black women are killed by their intimate partners every 4.5 hours and it increases when she's pregnant or 68 percent involving the firearm it increases based upon that now when we talk about femicide in the black community which is now becoming prevalent in a lot of spaces amongst women that have platforms and podcasts and stuff like that there's pages dedicated to femicide um, that gives you data and statistics there's always been a concern when it comes to domestic violence and women being killed and murdered. But a lot of women don't realize the time that you're in the most like dangerous position to be in is when you're in a relationship with a man. It's not a stranger that typically will just jump out of the bushes. Typically someone she knows. It's typically an intimate partner that she lives with or don't live with. She either broken up with him, lingering around, stalking her, making her life miserable and threatening her. It's unfortunate because when you talk about these subjects, a lot of men just feel like they have to be in defense mode by saying not all men, not all men. 
And what I have to say to that is, well, if it's not all men, then get out of the way. Move. You're in the way of us actually informing women what the potential danger can be when you're dealing with men. And as a man, if you're not like that, quote unquote, if you're the quote unquote good guy, you would then move out of the way and then be an assistance to helping other women by holding other men accountable, making it known that you don't tolerate that stuff rather than trying to shut women up about their experiences and what they have endured when dealing with men. Again, when there's a homicide and domestic violence is involved, you know what the police do? You know, the first person they start contacting is her partner because most likely she was killed by her partner, especially when she's pregnant. As much true crime that I listen to on a daily basis to a point where I'm about to be brain rotted, <laughs> I'm not even desensitized yet, okay? I've listened to thousands, thousands of cases. And the amount of times that I've listened to a, a story of a woman being killed, it was most times than not her partner. They try to find the husband or the boyfriend because he's nowhere to be found. Or if they do find him, he's nonchalant about it. Or he just seems suspicious. Yeah, me being pregnant that I don't want with a partner that could potentially kill me. Yeah, homicide is the leading cause of death in pregnant women in the U.S. And, it, and it's truly 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 sad truly sad because black women have to also worry about dying while giving birth because we're neglected in the healthcare system and systemic racism is real intimate partner violence endangers pregnant people and their infants may 2021 our maternity care system often fails to provide equitable respectful culturally centered keyword culturally centered safe effective and affordable care it spectacularly fills communities struggling with the burden of structural racism and other forms of inequity, including Black, Indigenous, and other people of color, rural communities, and people with low incomes. Intimate partner violence increases risk of pregnancy complications and poor health for moms and babies. Shout out to the men that don't want kids and don't have any because they don't want any. There's too many men out here procreating that don't like their kids, don't want to be around their kids, don't want to be father. There's a lot of deadbeats out here. So I do appreciate the men that actually strap it up and do what they need to do, get fixed, whatever, twist it, I don't care. Make sure you protect yourself, protect all of that. Protect your mental health and protect your pockets. I'll see y'all later. Bye.